And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Service Monster Podcast. We have Mary and Adam today, and a handful of things we want to come over. We did a release for Service Monster a couple days ago. Adam will touch on that. Uh, Mobile is actually out in a slow roll. You might not have it right this second, but it will be with you shortly. A couple exciting features in there, which we'll go over. Smug users, a couple of smug posts addressing some uh, questions there that were answered by our members and our staff. And uh, today we want to dive into, as requested from the audience, Zapier. How do you hook it up? What's useful? Uh, and we'll actually go through some steps showing you guys how to plug this in so you can capture leads from like Facebook or your online booking forms on your website and get that information to dump directly into Service Monster. And this will work with thousands of different products. Zapier is really a kind of a cool universal tool, and we'll go over that as well. Before I do that, though, some housekeeping. We did a podcast last week with Brandon Vaughn uh, from the Conquer Group. And he's got a new project going on, Map to a Million YouTube channel, where he started a service business, kind of as a challenge, but also documenting the entire process. And they're in month four, and uh, they did 80,000 last month. So they're on course to do a million in the first year, pretty, pretty heavily, I mean, pretty easily. And uh, he's documenting the entire thing. So go watch that podcast. It's an incredible podcast. Anytime Brandon and I together, all kinds of gold nuggets pop out. So check that out. And then definitely go pay attention to what he's doing. I think he's on episode 10, talking about hiring some of the first employees. So go check that out. All right, Adam, let's dive into it, huh? Zapier. Yeah, I mean, really, just to piggyback on that, I mean, absolutely. If you don't take Joe's word, then take mine. I think you guys are going to want to watch that. So, um, yeah, podcast, Zapier. We had just in the last week, I think, four different um, questions or requests or things that were related to Zapier specifically. And we also have, you know, things that come in, kind of trickle in from support. Um, And they're not always the easiest things to handle from just like a basic support rep. And we also know they're not necessarily the easiest thing to set up. So we thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about it more. Uh, We've got Mary here to help us kind of walk through a couple of those things um, and all that. So, But before we get started, I did want to mention um, every time we've talked to Zapier, um, either Joe or myself has mentioned that, hey, Service Monster has an open API. Um, So if you have, you know, some developer chops or if you prefer to hire a developer and just do the like some custom work yourself if you want really 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 customized forms or something like that you can certainly do so zapier just gives you kind of another option for those who don't necessarily have um the developer background um but they want to have these connections like joe said zapier every year is growing they connect with thousands and thousands of of apps and the number of events, which we'll kind of discuss here a little bit, that each app offers also continues to grow, right? So it might only start with kind of a basic form capture, but a couple of years in, you know, they might do further development uh, against that. And so you can do kind of more advanced things. So well, let's touch on um, real quick, just from the non-technical sure. individuals in the audience, the web API, right? Our open API and then Zapier, We're like, what are they? What do they do? So our um, web API is basically just communicating with the database. If you want to make it a really, really super simple um, statement. And so that allows you to communicate directly with your database over the web. And we are what's called an API first company. About seven years ago, I said, that's it. This new tech is coming. And we were light years ahead. We're still light years ahead. Uh, we are one of the only CRMs that is API first. And what that means is Service Monster 6 is built on the same technology you have direct access to. Uh, another developer could literally use our API to develop a completely different and feature rich, feature complete application using our API and completely replicate everything Service Monster does. So you have immense control and capability as a customer who has access to that API tech. Now, you got to have some technical chops, right? And it doesn't have to be a senior dev. They don't have to be like five or six years into dev. Anybody, you know, who's a couple of years into web development should be able to interact with a web API. 
not to say these marketing companies that, that do SEO for $4,000 a month per keyword, they're probably not going to have the chops. They're into art and marketing, not the technical aspects, but that's where Zapier comes in. So Zapier allows you to connect to that data source and push and pull information without having to know all the technical whatchamagidgets of a web API. And so most everyone who has a little bit of determination and a little bit of knowledge about data will be able to use Zapier to connect one data source to another. And what does that mean? That means programs like Facebook to service monster, you can push and pull information. Um, and, and, and like Adam said, there's thousands upon thousands of different products, right? Not only do we hook up with direct integrations in our marketplace, but if you use Zapier, you can connect to all kinds of fun things from different mail campaigns to different direct mail campaigns to lead capture forms to, you know, again, or order creation, scheduling the whole nine. And we have a pretty extensive list of um, what they call zaps within Zapier to allow you to connect those things up. So what we're really talking about here is back end stuff, data to data communication via the servers. But Zapier is a really super simple click and push point and click way to set up those communications. So maybe not as short as I would have liked to get, but hopefully that sheds some light on what is Zapier, what's the web API, what the hell are you guys talking about? Yeah, and I think really, um, you know, the UI for the most part, there are a couple of little nuances and things that will take a little bit of time for you guys to warm up to. But the more important thing is you want to have a purpose for whatever you're doing first. So let's say that you um, don't, let's say you're trying to maybe cut down on manual entry, you're trying to automate something. Um, a really good example, um, Joe mentioned f Facebook leads. Um, another one that's similar is if you're, you know, putting in your users as a Google contacts, you're kind of, uh, you're starting out, you're an owner operator and you're just using your, your contacts list for, for basic initial information. You can set things like that up to then pull that into service sponsor and generate and create that lead. And you don't have to do that, that, that double entry later on. Right. And you can do the same thing. Um, if you set up various forms, so that's where we're kind of going to start with is um, uh, kind of using these forms. And there's lots of different options. Um, we'll, we'll get Mary uh, involved here, Justin, but there's lots of different options where you can kind of um, use something like well, we use Webflow for our um, uh, website uh, development as far as hosting. Um, you guys, I'm sure, are familiar with WordPress. They have forms that are tied to that. Um, one that is fairly popular is Typeform. I've also seen Gravity Forms. There's hundreds of these kind of form apps. And so you're going to want to find the one that works for you, that is customized the way that kind of you, you're getting the most out of it that, that you can. And once you've decided on that, that's when you can start to kind of like get these, these integrations wired up. But before we get to that, there is one step that this, this trips a lot of people up. And so I really wanted to get this covered. Um, when you're first starting out, there's there are two important things, which Mary will, will, will talk about here. One is that we're still in beta. Uh, you have to have a certain number of active users to get out of beta. And once we get to that, our we'll beta, be able to Zapier's be, beta. Right, yeah. Zapier's beta. Um, we'll be able to be, it's just kind of, you can actively search for us and so on. But right now you have to be invited. That's really the only difference. They're not actively promoting us. We have to send you that invite link. But we have that on our help article. And so Mary will show that. And then there's a second step, which requires kind of creating an API user. So Mary, why don't you kind of show how we go about that to help, you know, erase some of that confusion that uh, our users are running into. Yeah. So uh, if we want to get it started again. So when you're on the Service Monster help site, you'll just want to search for Zapier or Zapier. Uh, and it'll be the first article you see with the third party Zaps. And when you open it up, there's a blue box. And right at the bottom of that is a URL that you can click on. That's going to take you to Zapier. Um, you'll want to either create an account on there now, or if you've already gone in and created an account, you'll be able to hop right into this. And here is where you can set up your connection. Um, so you can kind of just select anything. I think for this example, I selected creating a lead, so lead created. And then here is where we're going to set up our connection 
connection with Service Monster. So we're going to click on that sign in and a window is going to open up and it's going to ask for a username and a password. Now this isn't your Service Monster login. This is a login for an API user in Service Monster, which is something that you have to create. So I'm going to go into Service Monster. Pay attention to it. The password is listed first, then username. People get tripped on that. Yeah, I uh, will hop into our settings and then select API users. And this is where you can create an API user. So you can click on the plus button right up there at the top. And here you're, for your role, you'll want to select admin. That gives it access to do everything that it will need to do. And in the notes section, I recommend adding in what it is exactly. So in this case, you can type in Zapier uh, connection or something along the lines of that. So you, you recognize it when you look at the list. And you always want to create new users too. Don't use the same API credentials for different connections. That way you can kick them to the curb if they're acting a fool. Uh, so then when you click save, that's going to generate that username and password for you. And you can actually just copy and paste this from here, paste it right into um, the page. So once you have pasted that in and just make sure you're getting the right username and password, uh, you can click save and then that connection is going to be set up in Zapier. Zapier. <laughs> Yeah, and once you've got that connection established, you won't have to do that every time. You just have to do it on the initial first zap, um, zap that you're creating. Yeah. So, and that's really the hardest so, yeah. part. It, for a lot of a lot of times, yeah, there's we we get probably at least one or two emails about that a week. So um, definitely want to help you guys kind of get that uh, clarified. Yeah, so go to the Service so, Monster help site, search for Zapier, go to the article, click on the invitation link. Uh, set up a new zap, set up a connection to service monster, then go get your API credentials, then plug them into zap. You're paying attention. That password is first, then username. Don't know why they did that. Uh, makes our support, gives our support headaches, migraines. Um, and then you're good to go. And then, you know, you saw part of the list there, but man, there's all kinds of stuff you can hook up to like what? Yeah, let's go ahead and let's actually get some live interaction here now, Mary. So Sweet. Yeah, so um, here I am. I'm on my uh, Zapier page. And to set up these kind of connections, these communications between different systems, we'll click on the Make a Zap button right there. And this is where we'll start. So the first thing that we're going to be picking is like, what is the initial event that happens? Is it when we create a new contact um, on Google? Is it when we get a new lead from Typeform or Webform? Like, where are we starting from? Um, where are we gathering information from? Anything like that. And you'll see already we have a bunch of different options here. Facebook pages, Google Drive, Gmail, Google Sheets, Instagram. And there are all sorts. All you have to do is you can start typing and you'll see even for Facebook, we have lead ads, pages, messengers, like there's so, so many different options. Um, and you'll notice with some of these, they are premium services as well, which means you can't use them on the free plan. Um, and so some things are limited to you depending on the plan that you have with Zapier. Uh, yeah. And then Adam, did you have any other notes? One thing that I, I yeah, I just want to jump in really quick on that. So you guys can start for free. Like I just have a free account that I test things on sporadically. It's only going to give you 100 tasks a month. So you, once you guys get up and running, you're not going to be able to use that. A task would be like a lead. So let's if you're doing lead yeah. capture, a task would be someone created a lead and then initiated a chain of events. That's a task. Um, yep. And so you want to be uh, cautious of that. If you're not getting 100 leads a month through your website, then your free account is going to be okay, okay for the most part, unless you need these premium services. Right. And then for premium apps, you have to jump up at least to the next, for the, to the first paid tier, and you get like three premium apps or something like that. Within them each, um, and you guys know how, how it is with software, right? There's there's different tiers. They offer different things. Like only the more expensive ones have like full support and kind of just some things like that or multiple step zaps, which we'll discuss a little bit. Um, just kind of things like that. So find what fits for you. And then within them, you can also um, change how many tasks per month. So like what Justin or what Justin, what Joe was saying there is they also have different options of the amount of tasks you can have a month without jumping up to the next tier. And I highly recommend you guys choose the right one there. Um, because if you're, if you start going crazy and you're doing a lot of 
um, kind of automatic tasks in, in the background. And, and, you know, you can get a pretty big surprise bill if you're not, you know, prepped for that. Just kind of think like when, you know, like when you had to pay for text messages, or you have to pay for data and you're not paying attention and you get like a big, big bill from your kids or something. And then, you, yeah. So anyways, continue on, Mary. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just simply search through here to find whatever it is that you want to use. Uh, for our example here, we'll say, say I have a web form set up through Webflow. That's one of our um, examples we talked about. Um, so client can go in, enter in their information, and then maybe I want that submitted into Service Monster as an account or as a lead. Um, so with the trigger event here, this is where I'll choose what what's making kind of things start happening. Um, so my options here are form submission, new order and updated order. So we'll go with form submission um, for like, you know, someone's entered in their contact information on the site and that's sent over. So I'll click continue. I'll have me sign in. and continue uh, and then we can go through and select our site name as well as the form that we're using so whatever forms you have set up you can just go through and find whatever specific one you want to use and we'll have it test the trigger so we can see here what information it's pulling with this And then our next step is our action. So when this happens, when our form is submitted, what do we want happen? And in this case, let's say we want that to be submitted into Service Monster as a lead. So here I'm going to search through my apps and find Service Monster and select that. And for action event, this is where we choose what we wanted to do. So we'll say create lead and we can continue. So we'll choose what connection it's set up with. So that'll be my API connection. And here we will pick what information is going to go where for the account. So this will give me the information that I can collect from the web form or that I am collecting. And here I am choosing kind of where that's going to be entered in for my lead source. So name can go with name, email. So can here go with we're email. just mapping fields, right? So you yeah. have a first name in your web form and you want that data from that first name field to go into the first name field of your lead within Service Monster. And so you have all these different fields that you can plug data in from your form. Typically you're gonna do, you know, name address, or maybe even uh, name address, phone number, lead source, right? And you should be able to plug all of that information in to the lead as well, as well as some other additional information too, if you wanna get crazy and, and really build out that form. Right. And you can do like, you know, your lead services, you can just put things into a note. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. And the other thing, like, like, like Joe said, we're just mapping, right? But this, this page will look different depending on what app you're using for the action, right? So we, when we built this for the lead creation, we're like, these are the, these are the fields that we have available for you guys to use. If you're doing an action in like, you know, some other app, maybe like the Google Sheets or something like that, it will look a little bit different, but it's, it's the same idea. You're just telling, okay, if we're bringing this in from Webflow, where does it end up in Google Sheets? Where is that being mapped to? So if you guys are looking at this and it's not a complete replica, that's why, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, so once we've mapped those out, we can click continue. We can test and continue. And a lead was sent into Service Monster, so. Let's see if I Oop, sorry. There we go. Open up my leads list here. I can see right at the top I have my test lead that was sent in just now. So now anytime that somebody uh, creates or submits that form in Webflow, that's going to create a lead for me in Service Monster once I turn on the zap for that. 
Yeah, that's kind of the last step, right? When you're ready to go, turn on that zap so that it's actually running, right? And that's it, guys. It's really that simple to take just a few basic fields on a form, whether it's from Facebook or Instagram or Webflow or Ninja Forms or, I mean, thousands of different forms, lead capture forms and form creators for your WordPress and, and Webflow projects, and then map those fields directly into a service monster object or record, in this case, lead you can do records, you can create orders, you can do so much. So, uh, but it's, you know, for basic information, it's really that simple to get set up. And then the power that, that you have with moving information around is crazy. Just as a stack, I'll talk to you a little bit about what Service Monster does. It's not necessarily 100% relatable, right? We're a software company, so we don't have an online booking form and we don't have to worry about scheduling. So it's a little bit simpler, but we do have four or five different products that we use internally. We have our CRM, we have mail solutions, you know, and we just, um, and we have our own internal subscription engines. So, you know, that's an example of where we have three different data sources that need to be synced up on a regular basis. And so when we get a lead via a web form in Webflow, we ship that to Zapier. We then take that information and propagate both to our CRM and to our subscription engine. And then we also send a record of the email to our email um, champion. Uh, we use MailChimp. And that's it. it. It plugs into all three places instantaneously. We don't have to go chasing our tail or moving lists or updating lists. And if something happens, like a cancellation, we can do the exact opposite, right? So if someone were to cancel, we can automatically remove them from the client email list. We can automatically uh, send an email to marketing to say, hey, kick them out of smug. We can automatically flag the subscription and we can automatically notate their CRM uh, account. So, and that can all be done through Zapier and it's not that difficult to manage and set up. Yeah. And I think like, it's kind of what I talked about at, at the beginning um, with, with the train going on there, but uh, part of it is start simple. You're not necessarily going to know all of the crazy kind of multi-step zaps you can set up that, that, you know, are going to bring you value in the future. Start simple, you know, start with some of these, you know, lead capture or um, Mary will show another example from pulling stuff out of service monster here in a second too, that, that could probably be useful for you guys. But once you kind of get your, your toes dipped in, then you kind of want to, you know, that's going to, that's going to just open up that floodgate and the ideas will start flowing. And, a really good kind of uh, piece of advice is use kind of your your group forums. Use you know Smug. Um, use other Facebook forums that that you, you trust. And there's you know a lot of value in that discussion. Ask them what they're doing. It doesn't necessarily have to be through Zapier. Just ask them you know, what kind of connections are you doing. How is that useful for you? Um, are you using something to maybe you know generate surveys? I remember when we had I think it was Alan. It's either Alan or. But they were using uh, Google Forms to generate surveys and things like that, and um, you can also use it to pull things like um, connecting, like like Joe was talking about with with your email clients. So you can you know send things via support, you know, and so on and so forth. The list is massive, guys. Like the way you guys can use this, it would we'd have to do a podcast every day for years to give you guys every in and out that you would want. Um, but that's just kind of my recommendation of how you're going to learn how to do these as you, as you grow on your, on your, um, knowledge and how to use this. Um, so speaking of that though, Mary, um, I feel like the, the most common scenario is you're pulling data into service monster, but let's actually just do a quick scenario where you're pulling something out, uh, that can kind of help our users kind of get on that front too. Totally. Yeah. So we can go ahead and make a new SAP. And for this one, we'll be pulling information from Service Monster. And just for example, we'll be putting it into Google Sheets, um, which is a you know pretty accessible thing to use. So our first step for our app event, we are going to go through and find Service Monster. That's where we're starting from. And then again, we'll go through and choose the event. So um, a lot that In you can pull case, from here. In this case, you're looking for a trigger, right? So you're looking for some event to happen within Service Monster that starts the chain of events. Yeah. So uh, maybe I want to track lead creation in the opposite direction. Um, or do you have a, a preferred example? <laughs> Let's go with the invoice. invoice. The invoice is a trigger that a lot of users will, will use. Perfect. 
Yeah. I mean, she's going to go to sheets, but you could do a handful of things like an invoice was created right the order was complete we created the invoice boom it converted to an invoice now what do we do we want to send out emails we want to send them a box of chocolates we want to you know put a billboard you know message up we want to update some uh you know other program over here and, and over here we want to update our dashboard right you can do all of that all of that through these Zapier integrations. So it's, it's pretty amazing. So in this case, Service Monster generates a lead. Now, what are we gonna do with that information, Mary? Yeah, so we can click continue. We will choose the connection. So select that API connection. And it'll have us test the trigger. And we can skip the test for here. I just want to point out too that because we are in beta, some of the uh, test triggers do not work when pulling from us. They do work when pulling in. Um, but like like Mary said, just go ahead and skip that test trigger there, and you can manually test it right after the fact once you've got everything set up. And when we're in, when we're fully up and running within, within Zapier, that will that functionality will exist for you guys. So yeah, don't freak out if the test doesn't necessarily work. Um, just based off our experience zappers kind of weird with that sometimes given our beta state so but when you're done with it i'm sure mary will show you too we'll, we'll do an example of what happens and then we can see mm -hmm. so i'll click continue and then i can search through my apps um, to select so in this case we can go for google sheets and we can choose an event that's going to happen. So do we want it to make a new spreadsheet row? Do we want it to make a whole new spreadsheet, new column? So you can select whichever you'd prefer. I'll go with create spreadsheet row. We'll choose the account that we're working with. So if you haven't already, um, you will need to sign in with your Google account on here. And then we will choose the drive and the spreadsheet that you're sending this information to as well. Uh, and I'm just going to use my, my leads one here for an example. And then as well as what worksheets. So you can get really specific about where this information is going. Uh, and then here you'll be able to see all of your fields. So these are the different columns that I have set up on my spreadsheet. And again, I get to tie what piece of information is going to go where so I can find my account name just have this very simple account id and the email address let's see if i can set contact email there all right so the, the account id is actually that you're that it's a different field um there oh. is an account id that's in there but there are a lot of options when you pull through so yeah i think there's something like 80 or 90 um, fields that we allow you to, to search through there so yeah okay yeah so then we can click continue and it's going to go ahead and test that for us. So we'll click test and continue. So it's going to send that over. And then when I open up my spreadsheet here, I can see the results for that. So it just sent over that name for me. So this is obviously a very limited example, um, but that is another option that you have and you can kind of create that to be as in-depth as you want. Um, there's a lot of information that you can have automated uh, to be sent over. Yeah. The main reason I had her show the Google Sheets is that getting data into, you know, a very structured spreadsheet can help you guys pull that elsewhere. Or maybe you just want to run some really, really customized reports that for some reason you can't do in Service Monster. Um, or you're, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with that, but a Automatic lot of times you have to use data redundancy. Yeah, and I mean, you have to use this as a middleman sometimes. Totally. You'd be using this as some sort of a, a backup. You know, if, if everything that comes through, your basic contact information for your leads and your accounts and your orders is captured on a spreadsheet, you know, no matter what happens with your love of service monster, you'll have all that data without having to, to bug us, which we obviously we recognize it as your data. We hand it over to you on request. So not a big deal there, but this works with other companies too, who are hooked up to Zapier. Now, I don't think most other CRM 
um, within our industry are nearly as robust as we are. Again, we've got tons of triggers, tons of events, and the field, you know, the field list is, there are fields in there that you will never use. We just put them in there because why not? Um, so very cool. Can, and can we see this the other way around now, Mary? If you go to Service Monster and make an invoice and see if that spreadsheet pops in. Did you guys check that out? I... So you got to turn the zap on. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> So, can just check out. Oh, go to my ready to invoices. Maybe that's a good place to <laughs> start. And we turn it into an invoice. And it's marked as completed. Then, I don't know if I chose a bad example there. They're not pulling. It might take a second. Zapier isn't always instantaneous either. They, uh, I think it's like every two minutes or something like that, they pull data. Well, this might be a good idea to show them how to troubleshoot too. If you go to Zapier, and then you can go on the right-hand side there, there should be like a clock or something. I can't see. It's kind of fuzzy, but... History. Task history. Yeah, go in there. And it will show you your Zap history. Yep. Um, and it'll show you all the data and the steps in it, too. So you can look. Uh, there was one task. Yeah, it had one run. And then... All right, and I click on that individual record. Ooh, Ooh sorry. And, sh and there's the data. So you can scroll through that. There's all the data that came through. And then the information that was supposedly sent to the sheet. All right. And so you can use these. They have a really good kind of task engine. And this is good, too, when things like uh, if something breaks, then the zap will be held. And you can rerun them once the thing is unbroken, right? Software doesn't always necessarily work 100% of the time. Um, it's very rare that it breaks. It has automatic redundancy and, and fallover. But one reason it might break is you don't have the right subscription level. You got 102 leads. So two leads were held because they weren't shipped because you were on the free tier. Well, you can bump your tier up and then go rerun those apps and then just get all that data so good troubleshooting within zapier itself on how to hook things up good testing mechanisms and then you run your own tests to make sure things are working on a regular basis now you're entering a technology world as a back-end admin i would strongly suggest you have some sort of an audit where you run a test regularly on these connections no matter what platforms or connections you use that maybe once a week or once a month, you yourself are creating a lead and you're making sure it's going everywhere you need it to do. Um, it, it's heartbreaking when you discover that something broke, you were unaware of it, and you had 50 leads over the last two weeks spilling on the floor because you're none the wiser, right? Now, obviously, if you're getting regular leads on a regular basis and they stop all of a sudden and you have zero three days in a row, that should tell you something. And you should maybe then go look and then go troubleshooting. But I would encourage you to audit this stuff on a regular basis just to make sure things are working correctly. Yeah, especially when you're starting out, make sure you have, you know, maybe more, you're auditing more often and then kind of space it out a little bit. And that goes really in the automation. Joe and I have talked about this numerous times, your marketing content, anything you're sending out at regular, you know, intervals, make sure you're auditing that, make sure your messaging's up to date, make sure you don't have, you know, typos or whatever it might be. You know, don't be sending out like a Christmas card, you know, in July, right? So, um, yeah, that just goes for automation in, in general. And um, the other thing too is as we expand our Zapier uh, connection, once we get out of beta, there will be more help documentation that'll be available because um, we'll be kind of um, publicly searchable. We can have blogs, we can have things like that. We'll have a couple of uh, help articles that all help with uh, Mary get some of the stuff we talked about today up there just to kind of give you guys a hint of that. Um, but if you guys start getting really stuck, um, you can shoot us over an email and uh, the support team works with me and, and our API developer too. So if you get kind of in the nitty gritty, you really feel like you're kind of lost, like we're still here to help. So, Absolutely. 
Oh, so thank you, Mary. Is there anything else you want to touch on uh, Zapier or Joe? No, I think that's yeah, it gives a pretty good overview. We we gave them the setup, which is the most tricky part. Once you have the tasks that you want to do, hooking up where you start and where the data goes, not too difficult, but it certainly helps now that we've shown you a little bit. Um, and of course, we've got help articles, support staff will help you, and Zapier's got all kinds of help as well. So yeah, and if there's things on there that you want to do that you don't think we can do because you don't see the trigger or whatever uh send us a message throw it on smug dm me uh email support let them know hey here's a thing that i want to do one thing that's very popular that we haven't yet added which we will be doing this year is um timekeeping so checking in and out of jobs those should be actions that allow you to ship that information it's just basic log in log out or clock in clock out we can send that to something like t-sheets which is in zapier and then you can use t-sheets to do payroll right so there's all kinds of amazing things and that's just one example of things something that we don't yet have that we know people have been requesting but you know triggers on invoices and leads and account creation and all that stuff that's all there at your fingertips ready for you to play with absolutely well with that uh let's talk some service monster news huh guys yeah um so we'll start with mobile um like joe mentioned we are in kind of a phased rollout right now we're up to 50 percent of all of our android users have access to the new build and will be fully released soon either late this week or very early next week um We've talked about this a little bit, but um, just one more reminder, we added the account list, right? Um, Joe talked about like, that's just kind of an expectation um, that a lot of users kind of felt should be in there. Whether you guys necessarily are scrolling through your entire account list, probably not the case, um, but it coincides really nicely with our search functionality. You can also really easily see recent accounts. So you can just jump in there and see maybe an account you've been working with recently, just like we have the recent section, right? Um, you, or we also moved the new create new account into this account list. Um, we, we found that it was the least used kind of action on the home screen, so we felt it was fairly safe. Um, so those of you who like to go the option of create the account first, then from the account screen, create the order, then from the order screen, create the appointment, um, which some of you guys do prefer that method, that's still available. You just go into the account list first and there's a, there's a plus button, right? So just FYI. We also expanded our Google Calendar functionality so you guys can um, push and pull data right away from the mobile app itself. You don't have to go into the desktop to fully configure that. It's really just the basic stuff right now. So you guys could easily start out and pull your information in or export it right um, out, out to Google. But that functionality now exists. And the big one is SynGym. Now, I do want to say last time we talked about the Radius Bomb, and I'm really excited for the Radius Bomb, but we had to um, postpone that for the next release. There are a couple more things we have to change um, on kind of the site functionality, being able to edit to make sure that GPS lock is solid um, before we wanted to have that out there. But the other two functionalities, so sending it to the client after work is completed or sending it to their neighbors, you can just choose how many of their neighbors to send to. Um, and you can you can basically just select, you know, what item you want to send, whether it's a card, whether it's flowers, whether it's chocolates. Um, there's some other really cool random ideas that they have in there. And they just, as long as you have credits within Syngym, you can send those to whoever. Um, and it works just like it does on the, on the desktop. So both the appointment screen and the account screen will have that Syngym option. Just look in that menu bar, right? That main menu, it has the actions you guys use to email or so forth. Um, and Syngym will be there if you have the integration turned on. So we're really excited to get this out to you. Um, and yeah, we'll hope for some good feedback. Yeah. And you know, honestly, I'm surprised more people don't use Ascension radius bomb. I'm just, I'm just, it's like five rounds, you know, strategies for success has been teaching five rounds since the seventies and eighties. Uh, you know, again, five rounds is the job, a residential job, the house that you just did it's neighbors right to the left and to the right. And then the three houses directly across from those, so all of those six houses minus the one that you did is five houses. That's why it's called five arounds. You're supposed to capture the addresses from all of those places and then send them something, maybe a postcard that says, hey, we just cleaned your neighbor. With SendJim, you can do a radius bomb, which is of X arounds. And so you can choose and you send this to, you know, 20 addresses within a circumference of this location. Um, and then you can automatically send them a piece of direct mail, which 
I think is incredible. You don't get the data, right? Not the names and addresses, uh, but you do when they call you, right? So if the, if the lead works and they actually triggers activity, then they become a customer and you capture that information as part of your normal process. Um, but overall, I think it's a great concept. I think it's a, a great product and something that's not used quite enough. And does it always work? It depends on what you're sending, man. Just like anything else. It depends on how often you send it. And, you know, you should do a sequence. You should hit these guys up three times over like a six to eight week period and, uh, and, and get them to, to book. I know a lot of people say, oh, that doesn't work. I tried it one time in one area with one event with 20 people, right? And if you're, and if your response rate is, let's say 4%, which is pretty phenomenal, 4% of 20 is zero guys, you know, on a good day. So, um, it's good stuff. I, I would encourage you to check that out, but yes, now fully integrated within the service monster app. Yeah. And this is probably obvious and you guys are all like, yeah, of course, Adam. Um, but the really cool thing about radius bomb, right. Is you can target really specific neighborhoods, right? If you're looking for, a neighborhood that maybe has a slightly higher average invoice, which guess what, guys? You can find out in service monster reports or your 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 CRM data, right? You guys can find that out. Like, hey, you know what? We're up on you know Barkley Hill. Let's do a radius bomb up here. I bet you are. Oh yeah, look, our average invoice is one hundred and fifty dollars higher in this neighborhood. So let's hit up here and see what we can get. So. Um, on the desktop side, we've had numerous smaller releases. Um, uh, I, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, by the way, guys, um, we kind of lump all of our release notes under the major release notes in our help site. So like right now we're on build 6.5.6. There's some sub-releases underneath that. All of the release notes are listed on that same 6.5.6 page. They just have updated dates. Um, and so first things first, we added a what's new section. Um, so Mary, do you want to kind of show while I talk here? We added a new area to the um, user dropdown, the main user dropdown. It's up in the upper right. Um, Justin, can you, uh, can you swap to Mary there? There we go. So uh, the user dropdown is up in the upper right. And we just added into this section. Nope, nope. Yeah. Uh, what's new, uh, right? We, we already have, I know we have a dashboard for it. Um, we want to kind of expand and show you guys because we're still, we're still missing um, I, I see it come up in Smug all the time. Um, I know you guys want to see when new things come out, especially new features. Obviously, if there's a bug or something that that you have been waiting for, then oftentimes we'll have support contact you, but not necessarily for the feature sets, right? So we want to make sure you guys are seeing what's new with, within the system, um, and you know, find what might be beneficial because we want to we want those new features to bring value to you, right? So that's that's the whole goal. Um, another thing that we did is on the schedule. Um, and this happened right after our last podcast, and we've gotten a lot of great feedback for it, and I appreciate that. Um, we made some changes to how notes appear on the schedule sidebar. So if Mary just you know selects a, a schedule item here, on the right-hand side, you can see all of those notes. So if you filled them out, they'll list you know kind of the appointment, the account, and so forth. If there aren't any, they'll all just show, um, it'll show like just like a sticky notes, and they all have their own color coding now. So the, so the tech appointment note is, you know, your standard, what is that? Like manila yellow. And then you have, you know, a blue, uh, a green an orange and, and a purple. And this is just, like, these are very, very common sticky note colors. Um, so we kind of pulled that. And then if you want to edit them, we made it a little bit cleaner here too. So if you just, you know, click one of these to add the notes, it's just going to bring up a quick little pop-up. You're going to make changes here. Um, and then you can, you know, you can see your, your character count and so forth and save. And so we did this for a couple of reasons. One is we wanted to make sure you guys weren't inadvertently making changes or saving things on the fly. The the really quick autosave we had before was causing more problems than it was helping. The other really cool thing um, that we're gonna be bringing in the future here is adding some basic kind of what they call markdown editing. So if you guys are familiar with, you know, um, Facebook uses this, if you guys use Discord, it's a very, very you know common um, kind of language, right? And all it is is just basic, you know, edits. So you can do bold, underline, italics, strike through, um, and it doesn't require HTML, right? It's not going to, uh, it's not, it's going to look good on both mobile and on desktop. It's going to allow you guys to do kind of things like bold and make some bolded lists and just some really cool, just 
little things in here in the notes. And so having this expanded modal here or screen is gonna allow that um, to be easier for you guys. And we'll also have a helpful tutorial there. So make sure you guys can easily do that. So exciting things coming up there. On top of that, there are also just numerous bug fixes, UI cleanup that goes for both mobile and desktop. You guys are gonna wanna look at those release notes to kind of get that whole thing. Um, and now you can use that handy what's new section to jump right to there, right? So, whew. Um, next, we just have a couple things in Smug. Um, honestly, we had, uh, like we said, multiple posts just focus on Zapier this week. And so we're like, you know what, let's just make that the full feature. And uh, so yeah, just a couple other quick Smug um, topics and we'll be out of here, guys. The uh, first one came from Heather. Why are my routes out of order? Uh, my world no longer makes sense. Um, there was a, there was a bug on the new schedule where the sorting routes alphabetically um, wasn't working. Um, and it happened sometime in the last month or so. And so um, we got that resolved. Everything works as, as, as it's expected, um, but you guys went through and you know, had major changes already and so forth. And so now, the sort was working, you know, just have to go in there and either turn that off um, or reevaluate how you're sorting. So if you guys aren't familiar with how that works, just go into your settings on your schedule. Um, Mary, since Mary's there, maybe we just hop to that. Just jump to your settings um, screen and then right on the uh, display section, there'll be an option to sort alph alphabetically. So you can turn that on or off for your routes. So. Um, then the last post, I just wanted to drive attention. I know I already mentioned it, um, but Robin um, posted and a bunch of others jumped in. Um, the day after we, we released the feature for the new note options, there was a ton of positive feedback and we definitely appreciate that. Oftentimes in the software world, you can kind of um, get lost in the, you know, yeah, no, we like the software, but it's missing this or it, it needs this or I want this other feature. Or this would be exciting. Um, and it's like, you guys are always wanting more out of that. And we appreciate that because, you know, what you guys need and want, we want to provide that value for you, right? But sometimes, you know, it gets a little bit lost in the, like, this was amazing. We, we love this. So we're super excited for what else is coming out and so forth. And so it's something I can pass to the dev team, just like how what we talked about when you guys mentioned positive thanks for support, can pass it on to support reps. It really kind of gives them uh, just, a, you know, a nice smile on their face for their hard work, right? So I, I think Aaron was walking around for two days riding that high, so... Um, so yeah, we appreciate that. Um, always love chatting with you guys on here, showing you guys, hopefully you got some value out of the Zapier end. Um, but that's all I got on my end, Joe. Mary, do you have anything you would like to contribute before we say adieu? No, yeah, I think Zapier is a super cool tool that I learned a lot about today. And I'm like very intrigued about its possibilities because it's absolutely endless what you can do with it. Yeah, and Michael, or may he rest in peace. <laughs> he's still he's fine. He's, he's fine. He's still alive. He's just not in service monster anymore. Um, I, hopefully, we have a new um, a new replacement for him starting here very shortly that we'll introduce you guys to if he's not camera shy, which I don't think he is. Um, but our our marketing department, and myself, we use Zapier pretty extensively, so we ship data all over the place. And so uh, I've been using it for years. And I, I guess to round out the show for today, one thing that I wanted to touch on that just Adam went by real fast, and this is general, your website. You know, if you're building your website, um, whether you have someone build it and they're using a platform or not, our experience has been pretty robust. We've had 14, maybe 15 now, service monster brochure sites in the last 18 years we've been in business. Um, I think nine of them I built myself by hand, just straight up HTML, Visual Studio, engineer, built it. Um, about four years ago, maybe five years ago, one of our marketing managers um, and I went on a kick and said, look, we need to stop using not only Joe's time, but engineering resources and have a platform that marketing can do this without getting engineering involved. Awesome. So we used WordPress and that's when hell started. WordPress was okay, but the plugins that you use and, and it's just so been bastardized beyond what it was originally intended for. It's so bloated. It's slow. Um, it's not easy to, to, to really kind of do some of the cooler, newer, modern, um, web interfaces very easily. You got to buy, 
you know, uh, template packets, and those don't really play nice, and plugins can crash with each. It's just a nightmare. And so I went on a kick for about two years, like, I want to get off this freaking platform because it's slow. We're a software company. Our, our brochure site can't be twice as slow as our product. <laughs> like that, that just can't happen. And so um, I, I went back, actually rebuilt it, and that was like PF12 or 13 um, by hand. And, and it, that wasn't a great idea either. The site was super fast then, but then no one could edit it. Like I, I had to be the one to do that. Um, but at least it got us all over the perception of, you know, well, is this a software company? And the whole reason I'm telling you guys this story is for this. Get off WordPress. If you're on WordPress and you're having problems, if you're not having problems with WordPress, don't listen to me. Like, it's fine fine move forward but if you if you've been struggling with wordpress and the speed of your site and how things look and how things move and flow and get on webflow it is an incredible product when we went on webflow when when michael did the webflow conversion it's fast it's beautiful and not a single engineer has to touch it so that's my little pitch get off WordPress and onto Webflow if you are having problems and experiencing the woes that is WordPress. So just a little self-help tip here from one business owner to another. Yeah. And two quick things on that. One is Webflow is great because they also give you a bunch of templates, which is pretty common nowadays, you know, like with Wix and some other things, they'll give you just general templates, but you can easily take those and make them your own, right? It just gives you, that's sometimes the hardest part of the project, right? It's like, okay, where's What's my layout going to be? And so you can get bogged down in the details. But the other thing, if you guys didn't notice, um, Joe's talking about, you know, 15 different websites in 18 years. That should also be kind of a reminder. If you haven't touched your website in five or six years, you want to be updating that frequently. There's multiple reasons to do so. But uh, well, so from- one reason I have, a, you know, another good reason to have a blog on your site, right? Continually new and fresh updated content. Google likes that. If you're not updating your pages at all ever and you're not doing new content at all ever, Google's not not really a fan of that, right? Because everybody looks at the date when they look at social media now. If I go type in something, I want to learn something. I don't want to learn something that was recorded two years ago. I want to learn something that somebody recorded yesterday, right? Because I want the mo- most modern interpretation of whatever it is I'm learning. Some things are obviously evergreen, right? I mean, math isn't going to change. Like calculus is calculus. So, you know, five-year-old calculus video is probably going to be very similar to one that we see today. But, um, you know, for for stuff that changes like software and business models and communications and marketing, all that stuff, you want to be as fresh as possible. So same thing with your website. If you're not updating your website on a regular basis and putting new content in there, then Google will consider it stale and that will affect your uh, SEO, your search engine optimization. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we did ours 15 in, uh, in 18 years. It's less than one a year. And um, I'm very happy with what we have now. And we haven't changed it really in any significant way in two years. I know Michael did some minor updating and whatnot, but it was minor compared to the overhaul. So just a little tip. Yep, get on Webflow, get off there. WordPress. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys, anything else? That's it for me, Joe. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your attention, everyone. And until next time, be safe.